0: Joining a legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough.
1: And welcome. It's Legal Night. Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us on Legal Night. That means that it's not just Kevin McCullough, but Kevin and Imran uh, at the microphones together. And uh, Imran, you've you've been a man underground for the last <laughs> three or four weeks. I don't think I've seen you since last year sometime, um, but it's good to have you tonight.
2: It's good to be back. Yeah, no, I mean, my absence was due a first to a uh, illness I had, like this horrible respiratory thing which uh, after five words I would say I would get a coughing fit and I had that annoying tickle in your throat I'm yep. sure a lot of people could relate to having that where you know you got that you're trying to stifle the cough and you get that cough your eyes start watering and then you have a coughing fit so needless to say Kevin it was not conducive to radio so
1: I got to get you on the yeah. balance of nature cuz I used to get bronchitis every time the weather changed and I started yeah. taking balance of nature and I don't get it anymore um but I'll, I'll we'll we'll talk about that off air yeah, um but beyond that you also had some responsibilities for major clients that people would know by name if we said them and um let's just say that the unveiling of certain lists and other things uh, just complicated all of that to a much uh, more magnified degree so uh, we're grateful that you're able to be back with us uh, tonight look forward to talking to you again uh, about all things legal uh, i guess one of the things that we could start with is you know um donald trump is 2 and 0 in the primary contests so far iowa caucus and the new hampshire primary as of uh, the, earlier this week and It's been interesting to watch the coverage, um, of course, on the Salem News Channel, where you can find yours truly, um, but also on the other uh, mainline news outlets, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, uh, because there's this general kind of um, admission, I guess, by kind of reporters on all sides, that he seems to have been benefited uh, by the indictments and by the ongoing legal proceedings and other things, um, in ways that have really benefited, uh, you know, in terms of getting his turnout up and people excited about going and voting for him. And you kind of predicted that you kind of said, um, early on that when these things were going down, that this was going to energize people for a lot of different reasons, but it seems like you were spot on in your prediction.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, Kevin, because you would think, uh, just if you, if you took a step back, uh, before, um, Trumpism, so to say, and the presidency of Donald Trump and his emergence as a political figure, uh, that a, a presidential candidate uh, who was indicted in multiple jurisdictions facing just a slew of legal baggage that they're dealing with controversy uh you know drama in many ways uh, that they would be leading the polls um you would be shocked you'd probably say no way that's probably a, a candidate who's going to be dead on arrival but here you have the phenomenon with Trump who's a, certainly a cult of personality that all his legal woes has uh, not dissuaded his base but invigorated them, uh, and, you know, the uh, challengers who were, uh, you know, were not slouches in their own right, um, were not able to unseat Donald Trump in these primaries uh, at leading the polls and winning those yeah. primaries, and it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating phenomenon, not only politically, but also legally, uh, because when you have, of course, being charged with a crime, you have the presumptions of innocence, you should not, uh, you know, you, you are afforded that under the constitution, but let's be realistic, Kevin. When someone gets charged with a crime, uh, you know, the but public, public, uh, perception of that is not favorable, even uh, though they they had the presumption of innocence, but here it doesn't seem to be having any effect on trump's political uh, successes, at least right now with his own, yeah,
1: partners. I think it's having the reverse effect because I think what people are are seeing or thinking that they're seeing for themselves because i don't want to put words in people's mouths, is that they they feel like that this perceived two tier justice system exists, and that if you're not um, in lockstep with the say progressive left. Uh, or the administration that's in charge right now, then it's going to be weaponized against you. And all they have to do to point as an example is to say, well, look at what's happening with the guy that we supported. So it's, it, it is going to be interesting. And I've got a lot of questions about his cases tonight. Um, and I want to, I want to get to that. Um, let's start with the civil cases. He's got a couple of, I mean, the, the, I guess all of the arguments. And the presentation to Judge Ergenon has concluded, uh, but they have not uh, come down with the um, uh, decision on what's to happen there. What's the latest?
2: Sure. So the trial ended on uh, July 11th, and uh, he, uh, the judge, Engeron, Judge Engeron hopes to be... uh, January 11th? Yes, January 11th. You said July 11th. I was like, that's a long time ago. (laughs) January 11th. January 11th, and I expect... Uh, that there's going to be a ruling and I think that's what the judge has, uh, indicated by the end of the month. Uh, and there's going to be, um, what's the question is really what will be the punishment, right? So, uh, what will be, uh, the verdict and the, uh, uh, the issuance of what Donald Trump will have to do or not have to do due, due to a finding of liability. And if that's the case, you're going to have, um, uh, I know Letitia James just recently has come out, uh, the attorney general for New York, of course, uh, that Donald Trump should be banned for life, uh, from, uh, participating in the real estate industry, um, in New York. And of course, new, uh, Donald Trump's, um, wealth, his legacy, uh, Pre politics was, of course, with real estate here in New York. Of course, uh, Donald Trump had uh, a variety of ventures, business ventures, etc. But the foundation from his father in New York to Donald Trump to his uh, his children was in real estate in New York. So I would imagine that uh, that ban that Letitia James is calling for um, would be a certainly uh, if if it wasn't a real financial hurt uh, for, for him, um, and if let's just say his now, he's focused on politics and regaining the presidency. And maybe this isn't something that's going to be so significant to him if he's focused on that and getting back into the White House as a piece of real estate and not necessarily buying up more in New York. Then maybe that's it's more of a symbolic hurt for Donald Trump based on the legacy and what he has built for himself in in the real estate industry here in New York. But we have there's 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 a large financial penalty at stake here, but also the ability for him to conduct business with the Trump Organization in the industries or sectors that he has uh built his his financial wealth with
1: well and you've you've spoken to this point before but this is going to be appealed the second that the ink dries i mean it's not even there's not even a a, a like blink of a second that's going to go by and It's, it's gonna be interesting. I just had Eric Trump's wife Laura on my weekend show a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that is not being discussed in, you know, the penalty phase of this trial is that you don't only hurt the Trump kids and the Trump family, um, but you end up hurting all of their employees and they employ a lot of people in New York City specifically, uh, between all of their, uh, it's going to be interesting. And I still find it somewhat remarkable that all the banks that were supposedly, you know, done wrong here testified on Trump's behalf and not on the prosecution's behalf. <laughs> that was that was still uh, to me uh, very, very uh, amazing. OK, we've got more that we're going to get to. We also had some Supreme Court stuff come down recently that I want to ask Imran about as well. It's uh, legal night. Kevin McCullough, really glad to have you with us. Stay here. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. (laughs) So tune in. Eye on Real Estate. Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, the answer. That's I on real estate. Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, the
3: answer. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com.
0: I'm Ference Toth, host of the Your Personal Bank Show. I use common sense as an entrepreneur, financial literacy educator, and speaker to understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Grow your money safely, reduce taxes, increase returns, and create positive arbitrage with your personal bank. Tune in Saturdays at 4 p.m. or contact Ference at Your Personal Bank bank.com. The Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Saturdays at 4 p.m.
4: on AM 970 The Answer. Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition this summer? Then join me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, along with my wife Katie and our special guests on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. We'll unpack the trends and influences shaping our world today while sailing the pristine coast of Alaska over Fourth of July weekend. Learn more at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This experience is more than a vacation, it's a chance to participate in spirited discussions and thought-provoking lectures with like-minded patriots. Seven action-packed days will chart a course through a bright American future, all while surrounded by Alaska's rustic and natural wonders. You'll experience powerful creation immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Mark your calendars, June 29th to July 6th. Secure your cabin today by calling 855-565-5555 Five nineteen or online at com. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this
0: New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to, Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names, and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Tap into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our
5: general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639.
0: Brandon Tater, weeknights at 8 on AM 970, The
3: Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe
0: Piscopo Show and let your voice be
6: heard. And hey, let me go to Tom and Boca or Tom. Your show is,
1: in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, owl. everybody in your show. You guys put together a team. I love your show. And everybody's beautiful. We're very fortunate to have a great American story. Joe Piscopo.
0: Uh, Joe Piscopo. Weekday mornings from six to ten on AM nine seventy. The answer. Tell like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970. The answer. Ooh.
1: What a little moonlight can do. It's Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Ooh. Welcome back. It's uh, Legal Night, and Kevin McCullough, Imran Ansari. Very glad to not only uh, have you with us, but to have Imran back uh, with us in studio, as uh, he's been a little under the weather, and then a lot of um, legal <laughs> burden on him with some of the big names that he, of course, uh, services as clients uh, for the uh, incredible law firm of Idala. Um, Idala Bertuna uh, and Candy. Thank you. I don't want I don't want uh, Mrs. Idala to be mad at me. uh, leaving out Bertuna. (laughs) I knew I I blew it as soon as I opened my mouth. Um, All right. So, uh, Imran, yesterday or earlier this week, there was a decision by the Supreme Court, and they've got a lot of big ones that they're going to be kind of deciphering this, this year in the spring. But there was a decision handed down that basically said that Texas does not have the right to secure its border and they ruled against the uh, governor and the state sovereignty of that uh, state. Um, what were some of the um, arguments based upon for the 5-4 ruling that said that basically the feds, only the feds can control Texas's border?
2: Yeah, Kevin, I think it's basically, <clears throat> uh, it comes down to uh, what is the responsibility uh, of the federal government versus what is properly allocated to the state, and with this 5-4 vote, um, it cleared the way for uh, essentially federal agents to go down into Texas and remove that wire, uh, which really was being attacked by uh, both the Biden administration officials and also immigration advocates, uh, who, <clears throat> excuse me, who were calling for the removal of that uh, because they were saying it was inhumane. And, uh, it was, uh, it was dangerous. And here we have the conservative bench, uh, with, uh, uh, basically clearing the way, uh, no pun intended for that, uh, razor wire or the wire to be taken. And that's basically coming down to, uh, an argument, um, being, uh, accepted by, uh, the court, uh, that, uh, the federal, you know, it's essentially it's, it's, the job of the federal government to police and maintain the borders, right? So federal supremacy, uh, would, would trump the state's ability to, uh, essentially erect that razor wire or the wire at the border because that would be, uh, the, uh, falling within the jurisdiction, so to say, of the federal government and border control. Um, I believe the Justices, uh, Thomas Alito, um, I think and Gorsuch it, it voted they would have kept that in place right they would have allowed the state uh to maintain that uh the Well
1: so let's talk rights. about that for a second because that's the interesting part of this conversation does do the states as defined by the constitution do they have sovereign rights over what happens in their sovereign territories um and and I guess Abbott's argument was that You know, as we interact one state to another, say Texas to Oklahoma, if there was a dispute between the two of them, they would solve it between the states. They wouldn't be going to Washington to say, oh, you got to come down here and fix this. Um, It's my understanding that the people of a state have the right to kind of sovereignly determine the direction of that state. And this is this is a this is a. This is a big philosophical argument about where does the federal power stop and start, and where does the sovereignty of the state stop and start? In that we are a collection of states that form the union that we have.
2: Right. So I, I yeah. The I mean the argument. And you've got to look at this in the context of the larger picture, right? Like this is a a question of state sovereignty versus federal authority um in the context of the border which is such a hot button topic right now of course we have the migrant crisis and uh you know the people spilling over the border uh there's really no control of it, uh control on it and you see a state like Texas uh w- looking to implement its own procedures and policies so to say in order to protect the border for the state. So there's the big question, right? Are, is that uh, in the purview? Well, the governor would say
1: he's doing it to protect Texans, that he's he, it the state. he's yeah. not trying. He doesn't care about the rest of the country. He's trying to protect those that are under his watch, which are those that live in
2: his state right yeah exactly and that's the that's the sort of the argument to favor state sovereignty uh and the ability for a state government uh in order to uh, enact the the procedures or policies to protect the citizens of that state separate and apart from federal authority but um the question the the, the argument on the other side is that uh enforcement of immigration laws uh and the border uh, has always traditionally been within the authority of the federal government or an agency like DHS uh, and, you know, Border Customs and Border Enforcement. Um, and that, uh, uh, I think, the Supreme Court wasn't, at least in the majority, wasn't ready to degrade that very traditional authority that's bestowed upon the federal government in order to enforce immigration policies and laws and also protect the border. Um, <clears throat> what remains to be seen is how this may be uh, a, an ongoing narrative and may percolate up again in course, maybe in other states uh, on the southern border, uh, because you have this issue with the migrant crisis which doesn't seem to be going away and you may have more state officials or state governors um looking for their own ability to protect the citizens of their state yeah. in a perceived shortcoming of the federal government And you have to remember uh the federal government is being criticized even uh by those on the other side rather who traditionally democrats such as you know mayor adams mayor, mayor adams. adams yeah right you know um so it's really going to be a hot button topic especially this year in 2012. Well, it was funny because in New
1: Hampshire uh on Tuesday night uh immigration ranked within the top 3 of the reasons for people voting in both parties. And for people that supported President Trump in particular it was um I think it was overwhelmingly like 2 to 1 the top issue. Uh and it's interesting that happened in Iowa too. So you have very far northern states, and as you mentioned, Eric Adams and, you know, other people saying, um, this is out of control. We don't have resources to handle it. And I guess the question becomes, Abbott didn't do this because Biden was, you know, enforcing border security and he just disagreed with how he was doing it. Their argument was they weren't protecting the border. They, they were abdicating the role that the Constitution had given them. And so as a sovereign... State, we 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 had to do this for ourselves because you're not doing the job. I guess is how we would de- uh, define it.
2: Right now, yeah, yeah, I mean that's uh, I think for a lot of local government uh, or state government uh, where it's in, in in contradiction or they're frustrated with the federal government. They're feeling that you have to take it in the states' hands or maybe even the city's hands, right? Uh, where the federal government may be. Exhibiting some shortcomings, and I think with the migrant crisis is a lot of frustration. No matter what side pop, uh, uh, party you're you're in, yeah. you're looking at this crisis. This criticism from both sides saying something has to be done, uh, and something has to be done quickly. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem that keeps going on and getting worse. And the infrastructure here in New York or elsewhere in the country will just buckle under the pressure of yeah. having massive humanity coming over here. Uh,
1: well, and- every every state is now a border state. I mean, that's the because once you get in and you can get on a plane or a bus, you can get anywhere you need to be. And and the issue is, you know, th- we're talking about numbers that we've never seen before. 8 8 million with, you know, 900,000 to a million gotaways that, you know, are on the side. That's more population than like 30 of our states uh, individually, and it's more more population than our like smallest eight or nine states combined. Um, he's Imran. I'm Kevin. We've got a lot more to get to. Uh, don't go anywhere.
5: Keith Peters, reporting the nation's economy grew at an unexpectedly brisk 3.3% annual pace from October through December, as Americans showed a continued willingness to spend freely despite high interest rates and price levels that have frustrated many households. The latest figures reflected the surprising durability of the world's largest economy, marking the sixth straight quarter in which GDP has grown at an annual pace of 2% or more. Donald Trump is racking up Republican endorsements in Congress for his 2024 presidential campaign. On Wednesday, after Trump won the New Hampshire primary, the number of endorsements climbed even higher. A solid majority of the Republicans in Congress. Speaker Mike Johnson set the tone. He said it's past time for the Republican Party to unite around President Trump. More details
0: at srnnews.com. AM 970, the answer. Doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, the answer. Take us with you
4: wherever you go. This is Dennis Prager, and now a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get-together for Prager Topia Plus members only. For an hour each month, get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. I'll be answering your questions. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Dr. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to follow me on a cruise to Alaska this 4th of July weekend. It will be the adventure of a lifetime. Reserve your cabin today. Call 855-565-5519 or PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com.
3: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
1: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Let me tell you about a very interesting new book that has just been released and some are saying is a must-read. It's called Two Creations, Barah and Asa, and the author Emmanuel J. Charles reveals the secret of creation from the book of Genesis. He reveals that life on Earth was not evolved but created by Almighty God. He explains that the first three verses of the Bible should be considered as three distinct events that took place in four different eras of Earth's history. This book presents undeniable claims supported by logical reasoning, scientific evidence, and biblical truth. This book gives pastors and professors the ability to teach the creation account in churches and academic institutions boldly, without any doubt or hesitation. Many young students are walking away from their faith due to the lack of evidence to refute the theory of evolution and the promises that they will finally find answers in this book. Visit Amazon.com to get your copy today. Buy your copy of Two Creations, Barah and Asa, by Emmanuel J. Charles, today.
5: We
0: are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the unicorn, uniform, to be a soldier, <laughs> to serve abroad, when the regiment call? We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We're always ready. We're always there. We are the New York Army National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard breaking news and local news. Find it on our website am970theanswer.com And now I'm from New York back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough.
1: Welcome back. It's Legal Night. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. And of course, um, if If you uh, want more of Imron uh, every weekend, you can check out the legal lowdown uh, on our sister station a m five seventy the mission uh twelve noon is where you hear that Imran, um amongst the cases that are ongoing and still have a lot to be decided um and it's been interesting because um the the former president has had some 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 wins in the last few days um you know different people trying to throw him off ballots and so forth uh those efforts are largely being um, not successful at Massachusetts yesterday, making a big decision about that. But in the Georgia case, it appears that the woman who is prosecuting the former president may, in fact, be in bigger trouble herself than what she's accusing him of. Walk
2: us through where the Fannie Willis case is at right now. Sure. So um, a revelation seems to have emerged which is problematic in, in many ways. To and that. I just want to note, it wasn't yeah. the Trump people that found it. It was, it was
1: another one of the defendants that like brought it to the fore and said, hey, what about this? Right.
2: Yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, uh, the lawyer for one of Trump's co-defendants, Michael Roman, fi- and, and they filed a motion, uh, claiming that, uh, Bonnie Wells and the lead prosecutor Nathan Wade uh, were having a, a romantic relationship and that it was Willis who hired Wade uh, who was a private sector lawyer who had a uh, limited experience if no, any experience working on a complex criminal matter uh, such as the uh the case that's before it, uh, and was paid more than $600,000, uh, thus far for his work on the case. Right. So well,
1: isn't that lunch money for people like you and I I mean, you, you, you yeah. make like, like that an hour, right? It's like, you know, that's not well, a big deal.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Okay. So I'll tell you that, uh, uh, prosecutors certainly, um, as public servants with taxpayer dollars, yeah, right. <laughs> do not make that sort of money uh right. a <laughs> basis. Right. Um, this is coming from, uh, from me who humbly started his legal career as an ADA in Brooklyn on a, and, I, and thank God, uh, my, my dear friend and my former bureau chief uh, now the DA of Brooklyn, Eric Gonzalez, has recognized that, uh, salaries need to keep, you, know, you need to have good salaries to keep prosecutors, uh, in the job and not have the brain drain, um, so to say. But when I started as a prosecutor, just giving you a, a an idea here, uh, the starting salary for Brooklyn ADA, uh, was $52,000. Whoa. Like, yes. Yes. Whoa, 52?
1: Uh, and he got 600,000 since yeah.
2: November? And that's, you know, of course that is a starting, starting off and, but you know, that is, that gives you an idea. Okay. But that's,
1: that's legitimate to hold into this conversation though, because this guy's a private sector guy who has no, he has zero prosecution experience and he has zero experience with Rico, which is what they're, they're bringing. I mean, Rico cases from what I've heard from you and other people that have been on the show are the most complicated of, of legal prosecutions that you can uh, produce because you have to tie so many things together to prove that the racketeering was uh, a part of the overall crime. Yeah. And you, you name a guy who you're sleeping with, uh, but has no experience, uh, in RICO at all and has very limited prosecutorial uh, background in any way. And you give him the biggest case that your office will ever have.
2: Right. Yeah, no, I mean it's so it's it's problematic in many ways um, from a public perception, right? Also, of course, into what could have happened uh, internally, and of course, one of the the issues here, I think, also for Bonnie Willis, is uh, the the way she's handling uh, this news, right? So let's just say there is no impropriety, and like ultimately. Um, it's, they're able to show there's no conflict or interest, of interest here, uh, and, you know, this was something that it was blown up out of proportion. um it, as a prosecutor, especially a prosecutor handling arguably one of the most important cases, uh, in United States history, right, with, with the, the, the charges that have been brought up against a former president, um, really would be to get out there from the outset. If there was nothing to hide, it really, you know, there, this was something which was just not uh, problematic to go out there and address it, uh, from the outset and with full transparency, you really haven't gotten that, right? Which starts making you, uh, wonder what is going on behind the scenes. You would think that that would be addressed from the outset. I know the judge has ordered, I think from some point, maybe the first week of February uh Willis and her office have to put in a response to this um to the papers that were filed which raised this issue but um even before that you would expect that uh she would have been out there dispelling uh this allegation um and it starts to make you wonder uh if there is in fact uh, you know, some impropriety going on behind the scenes, but even the, the, there's an old adage in it when you're, you're, uh, a, a prosecutor, uh, or a public servant like this, you know, especially a lawyer handling a case like this. If there's any sort of even, uh, the, the, um, appearance. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Tim, just slight right. little possibility. Exactly, the appearance of a conflict of interest or impropriety. You want to get ahead of it, um, and you know sometimes even take that big step and maybe recuse yourself. Yeah, we got to take a break. Come right
1: back. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. It's Legal Night. Stay here.
6: Towels and two washcloths. Regular price is seventy nine ninety eight for a limited time. You can get this six pack towel set for only thirty nine ninety nine with promo code JOE P. That's a fifty percent savings. Go to mypillow dot com. Call eight hundred six five one oh seven nine eight. Use the promo code JOE P to save fifty percent on the MyPillow six pack towel sets.
0: dot com.
5: Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone app store or the Google Play store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go.
0: AM 970, The Answer.
3: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
0: Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be
6: heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca or Tom. Your show is... In my opinion, the great
1: American story, Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show, you guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful.
0: We're very fortunate to have a great American story, Joe Piscopo. Uh, Joe Piscopo, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970, The Answer. Recorded our best year to date, and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. Their representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I
2: had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today.
0: From
1: New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. And we're back. Uh, we were talking about the Fannie Willis uh, case in Georgia, uh, not her prosecution against the former president, but actually her case that she is now possibly undergoing prosecution for, uh, for hiring uh, someone she was involved with. And you were saying just before we went to the break that... Um, Appearance of evil and sometimes recusation, if that's the word, is is the um, is the, is the better road for you to go, especially if you want to be successful in the cases that you're trying to prosecute.
2: Absolutely, you know, um, recusal uh, maybe the uh, uh, the right route, especially if the, you know if there's like you you suggested appearance of uh, of a conflict of interest. But here, uh, Kevin, also you got to realize I'm. Mean, in a, in your routine case, any case with a no name person, if some issue like this came up, right, um, you would be taking the same steps to a dispel the uh, the accusation or allegation of some sort of conflict, right, from the outset, um, uh, or you would be taking that recusal step just uh, to maintain the credibility of the prosecution. Um, this is the most potentially divisive prosecution uh, in this nation's. History. So if you need to convey to the American public that this is a apolitical, uh, a prosecution, which is, uh, uh, uh and, and you want the public's confidence in it and you need to be transparent, this would be the case to make sure that any, um, accusation or allegation like this is swiftly put to rest. If you can do that and if you can't, then you have to sort of fall on your sword and, and, and step away from it uh, so that you can maintain uh, the case's composure and maintain the confidence of the public that this isn't uh, improperly brought.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting because regardless of how that works out, you uh, Trump's case is still in her purview and she still has responsibility for it. Does this delay those proceedings? Um And is she hesitant to give it up to another prosecutor because the case may not be all that good and she's worried that someone else, you know, may look at it and go with a fresh set of eyes. We don't have enough here to to to, to have this case, we're gonna, we're gonna move to dismiss. Could another prosecutor do that? And is there, you know, cause there's, there's speculation that she and, and the boyfriend who now his ex's lawyer is interested in what's going on here, um, that the two of them met with the White House on not one, but multiple occasions to kind of discuss strategy for how to proceed in the, uh, case against Trump. I mean, it seems like there's so many like little, you know, intersections in, in this mess. And I could just see if she goes, well, I recuse myself and they give it to another jurisdiction and that prosecutor looks at it and doesn't find actual evidence and then suddenly goes, Oh, we're done here. I mean, that's that's going to be bad news for everybody all the way up the food chain.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And which is why I think you asked about delay. Could it delay those proceedings? Um, I think we'll we'll see what what she files. Um, at the start of February, um, and it's either going to put this question to rest in her favor um, or it's going to uh, uh, lead to um, a response that's going to be uh, discredited. And if that's the case, then you're going to have to see some maneuvering um, by Willis here uh, in order to um, keep the case going, right? And if the case is going to uh, be on the same track time time-wise, um, I don't think so. I think this is pro- probably going to lend itself uh, to a hiccup in the scheduling of this case, and we'll see if some other prosecutor comes in. We'll see if it's ordered by the court. We'll see if it's a voluntary recusal. But we're also going to see the explanation. And, of course,
1: Because the there's ex- two ways it could get out of her hands. She could voluntarily recuse herself, or a judge could come in and say, no, there's no way this is going forward. I'm going to assign it to someone else.
2: Yeah and and I listen like the better route uh in my opinion um would be right now to recuse yourself. Yeah, do it first. Yeah. And let another prosecutor take over uh and you know maybe uh it's it's hard because you you think about this a, a prosecutor in uh is is an elected official, right? So uh, although ideally you're you're prosecuting crimes on the book without political motive Ultimately, you're looking for both yourself uh, in order to maintain your your, your uh, status as a district attorney. Um, and this, you know, if she, this is probably the case that's going to make or break her career. So ego wise, you know, it may be hard for her to step away from it. But if this is going to keep uh, expanding in terms of the information that we are learning uh, f- about this uh, founding Willis, and it's coming for both sides, of the press, meaning press right. tends to be conservative, press uh, tends to be liberal. Both are recognizing that it's problematic. Uh, and, you know, if you're going to do your job and maintain uh, the confidence uh, of the public, right, you'll always have the detractors. It would be better to step away.
1: Yeah, it's uh, just generally a good rule of thumb to um, not practice corruption in public office. <laughs> it's just... It's just it kind of works out better that way. So, real quickly because we only got a couple of minutes for the next break. Um the Jack Smith stuff um for the DC uh, trial. He he has his um request before the Supreme Court asking them to make a decision on immunity. Um in your absence, I did ask a couple of other lawyers about this. It seems to be the general consensus that whether the judge grants the president immunity, which would be the worst thing for Jack Smith, because that just busts up all the case. All the cases are impacted by that because the president had immunity when he was uh, president. If that's the ruling of the Supreme Court, right. if they come back with some sort of more nuanced thing where he has immunity under these circumstances but not under this, blah 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 at the very minimum it doesn't look like he starts his trial on time on march the 6th either
2: yeah i i never thought that these trials would would go forward um on the timeline or time frame that was uh that's true it, you always uh, thought it was a bit optimistic yeah it's uh, you know even the most routine or uh case uh that may not even have a lot of issues is going to be subject to delay or, or, you know, motions that come up, and usually the initial time frame that's sought by either either side uh, to a case ends up being extended for whatever reason. Uh, and certainly, you know, a case like this, unprecedented, and you know, would not necessarily be a fast track uh, to the courtroom steps for trial uh, because there's going to be so many challenges uh, to the the evidence, challenges to the case and the charges uh themselves and of course you know this immunity fast track that Jack Smith wanted um, was rejected and I, you know I don't if i recall there weren't any major dissents or uh real uh, uh reasoning uh that was given by the court it was just rejected which is just uh, i i think that uh, the court them itself uh realizes that um, it wasn't right necessarily for them to decide that
1: Yeah. All right. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. When we come back, it's time for Esquire etiquette. Don't go away.
6: Two hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is seventy nine ninety eight for a limited time. You can get this six pack towel set for only thirty-nine ninety-nine with promo code Joe P. That's a fifty percent savings. Go to mypillow.com, call eight hundred six five one O seven nine eight. Use the promo code Joe P to save fifty percent on the MyPillow six pack towel sets.
0: Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan
1: focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. on AM 970 The Answer. For more information,
0: visit CYACYL.com.
4: Are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition this summer? Then join me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, along with my wife Katie and our special guests on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. We'll unpack the trends and influences shaping our world today while sailing the pristine coast of Alaska over Fourth of July weekend. Learn more at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This experience is more than a vacation. It's a chance to participate in spirited discussions and thought-provoking lectures with like-minded Patriots. Seven action-packed days will chart a course through a bright American future, all while surrounded by Alaska's rustic and natural wonders. You'll experience powerful creation immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Mark your calendars, June 29th to July 6th. Secure your cabin today by calling 855-565-5519 or online at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. Take it from
0: Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Step into our big names to help grow your business. To find out
5: more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling
0: 212-857-9639. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6, Mike Gallagher at 10, on AM 970, The Answer.
3: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970, The Answer.
0: Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough.
1: I can't believe the hour has flown by, but Imran Ansari, so fun to have you back uh, here at your uh, co-host chair uh, on Legal Night, and uh, thank you for kind of doing the deep dive with us on all these big uh, legal stories of recent days. Um, What's your Esquire etiquette? What's your advice for us tonight?
2: Sure. So, Kevin, so, uh, you know, because I wasn't feeling well, I had to go see a doctor. I got a chest x-ray to make sure I didn't have pneumonia. Uh, I got uh, prednisone, um, and uh, the... So I had to visit a doctor and, and you know, this Esquire etiquette, I like to bounce it off something that we were talking about during the show. Um, and even though it wasn't necessarily the topics that we were talking about, um, let's talk about medical malpractice. Okay. Uh, let's just say, um, you are treating with a doctor, uh, or a medical provider, uh, and, uh, you go in, um, you go, let's say for a procedure or you have something, uh, that you, an ailment or an illness. And let's say the procedure goes awry or you are not just diagnosed uh, or you are misdiagnosed for an illness. Um, you may have a medical malpractice claim. You go into a doctor and you'd like to think that uh, that uh, the information or diagnosis or the procedures they're giving you uh, is 100 uh, percent safe, effective and correct. But doctors are human beings and they make mistakes, right? Um, and when a mistake is make, made by a doctor and you are harmed by it, you may have a medical malpractice claim. Because if the doctor doctor's mistake was due to a failure to adhere to their industry or profession's practices and they did not act like a reasonable doctor would or they failed mm-hmm. to do something, um, you may have that medical malpractice claim and you may, may be injured permanently or God forbid, uh, you know, someone may die, a loved one. Um, and it could be a medical malpractice or wrongful death case. Well, you have to look at that and you shouldn't just let it go uh, and say, OK, well, you know what, maybe I'll heal from this or the doctor is now telling me to do this. You should explore your legal rights uh, in order to hold that medical provider accountable for the harm that they may have caused due to their negligence. And if that's the case, um, you should definitely consult with an attorney, provide them your medical records, give them a timeline of what happened uh, in order for that attorney uh, to assess whether you have a medical malpractice claim. And I also uh, would be able to handle that personally. So uh, you could call the law firm of Idala Bertuna, and Tammons uh, if you feel you have... Emphasis
1: on the Bertuna. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh
1: well and I I want to uh to explain to people that you know one of the reasons that I used to I used to kind of feel weird about that because I didn't want to like I I'm sure a doctor that makes a mistake feels bad enough already but it's not even just so that you get justice it's so that that doesn't happen again to someone else there's there's a there's a kind of moral good that's done in accountability because you prevent the bad from happening again if if everyone is thinking about accountability and being held accountable uh, Imran, I'm sorry. Uh, glad you're feeling better. Glad uh, that you're able to speak more than five words without coughing. That's that's a good thing. And uh, thanks for uh, making time for us this week. We sure appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kevin. You got it, Kevin McCullough. Tomorrow night we talk fun. Christine, A. B. The whole team. We will see you then.